Ever wake up and just want to fucking smack that ass, you know? Um, <laughs> just want to lift that thing up and be like, Bazinga! Um, and pow! Like the comic book movies. Um, whether you're alone in bed or you have someone in it. Smack that ass. Just make sure no one's looking. Either way. It's always weird when someone watches you smack their ass. Shake that ass. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why I started the episode like that. But, um, speaking of smacking, um, <laughs> allegedly, but technically convicted. Yeah, so, Jonathan Majors. Um, yeah, it's kind of old news. Not real old, but, you know. Apparently, uh. He respected his queen so much that, you know, he uh, beat up Coretta. Um, <laughs> he's, his words, not mine. All I got to say about that whole thing is, um, I don't know what's weird, you know. People have a problem with the fact that the leaked voicemails, which is like, I don't know why someone is recording their partner telling them that I want you to be like Coretta Scott King. It's a weird time. It, very Amber Heard-ish, by the way. Um, like, I need you to be my Coretta. I'm doing big big things out here. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, he's a very impactful person. You know, obviously, he's big movies, he's a star and all that. But the dude was talking about himself. Like, this dude was like, chain, like... Saving countries and shit. It's like, alright man, you make people a lot of money. You make quite a bit of money. And then the leaked, leaked messages of them after where she's like, I'm not going to tell them everything because I still want to be with you. She knew what she was doing, putting that on text, you know. By the way, he deserves everything that came his way. Um, um, <laughs> it's like, man, come on. Like, oh, I didn't hurt her. I was like, so how do you think she got these injuries? I don't know. It's like, and then they show him, he has a little scratch on his, like, wrist area, and then, like, another little mark, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it was, she was very traumatic what she did to me. It's like, all right. Like, <laughs> but I don't know. Is it, I guess people have a problem with the Coretta analogy, obviously, um, calling a person not of a race. Of that race, a very historical figure. Um, probably not the best analogy to make. And uh, the, the anti-white woman thing is definitely going to be coming down harder after this thing. And Megan Good, by the way, being a good, being a good soldier by his side. You know, that's what it's about. You know, that's what it's about for us men. Us getting themselves in unnecessary situations. Dragging another woman through a situation we got through with another woman. Being there for an interview for support. When it's like, I feel like the last thing in your mind should be finding a woman to get yourself through a situation that you caused with another woman. It's kind of a weird thing, but it's also a weird thing people are attracted to. People like problems, you know. People like things that come with big egos and problems, you know. You know. Um, it's just a weird thing, like, you literally can be a part of any stress or unnecessary situation in your life, and you choose someone who's basically gonna be convicted, 
and basically, I don't know if he's going to go to jail, but he's obviously there's going to be some type of punishment. He's found guilty. And you're going to put yourself, when you're at a certain stature, you don't even need to settle for something like that, you know. Sorry, look at me speaking for the self-respect queens. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. But, yeah. Would it look weirder? I don't know. What was more weird? Him calling his girlfriend at the time, who was white, I need you to be Coretta. Or if someone like me were to tell my girlfriend, I need you to be like Coretta. I think either way, it's not really great. I <laughs> um, I think there's just so many better analogies he could have used. He could just put like, I need you to be my, you know, queen by my side. Could have used like a mixed, like a neutral, uh, like a neutral figure, like a Cleopatra or something. I don't know. Use one of those Sphinx. Like they were mega couples. Could have used like, I just need you to be, you know, not getting in my fucking way. Could have just used some adjectives, but that's, that's where the racial underline, I guess, fucked up. I just think it probably... I don't know if it would, if it came out of a white dude's mouth. I think it would may have been towards, you know, his black girlfriend. That's weird to say it like that. But his girlfriend happens to be black. I I think that may be weird because it's like you're trying to you're trying to have this your motives are racially motivated in a way. It's like but choosing a figure that doesn't match someone's ethnicity it always raises his eyebrow it's really no different like in sports like an NBA player let's be honest like even if someone's game reminds you of another player if you ever watch these NBA drafts or these NFL drafts you always hear like oh Sangoon of the Rockets he's a young Jokic it's like why can't he be like a young Bam Adebayo their games are pretty similar, really. It's different, but similar. He's not. He doesn't really play like Jokic, you know. He plays more in the midcourt, kind of like Bam. It's like, but, you know, you can't be out here comparing. You know, Dwayne Wade, Ramon, <laughs> or like uh, Damian Lillard, you know. He's like the NBA version of Jimmer Fredette in his prime, you know. <laughs> Damian Lillard would be like, what the fuck did you just say, <laughs> like... There's a weird offense, especially when in a specific sport, one race is more of an outlier or not considered, you know, all the better, the better players in the sport. Like who, like who are you going to compare to LeBron? What's the closest thing you compare to LeBron? Gordon Hayward? <laughs> I don't, you know, it'd be like for this is deep inside NBA, like during Gordon Hayward's prime, Jeremy Grant may have been a very good comparison the way he plays now. But you know, you but you can't be like, you know Jeremy Curry, you remind me of Gordon Hayward. He'd be like, the fuck? You know? Um <laughs> That's a weird like you know and I think it's just unconscious. Like no one bats an eye when we just compare white sports players to white sports players like for quarterback in the NFL. 
I think like an outlier was when people said C.J. Stroud. Uh, what do you say? They like he reminds them of a more of a well. They said a more athletic Jared Goff. When C.J. Stroud's game isn't even really about athleticism. C.J. Stroud is actually all about being in the pocket. We saw what he did this year. So, but it's not an insult to be compared to Jared Goff, what he's turned into, but compared to, like, their rookie years, it's like, well, Jared Goff, well, like, this dude can't even play. And C.J. Stroud's like, can this dude get MVP? You know? Um, But that was a weird, and people are like, oh, you know, no and we just, I think it's naturally, we just compare to, we're just visual creatures. We just compare to what we see. And everyone's like, ah, whatever. It may be blind spots, but no one bats an eye about it. But Jonathan Majors is like, no, I want you to know this is what I see. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. You know, it's an interesting subject. Probably something I should shut the fuck up about. This is kind of interesting. But trust me, a lot of people had issues with the analogy. I don't know if I have an issue with it. I did hear no, like, that's interesting. As us white people do, it's like, oh. Anytime it's a subject that we don't know what the right opinion is, we're just like, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, Jesus said, that's an interesting way to end this. But yeah, when you wake up, smack at that ass. Smack that ass upside down. And let me turn you into a pineapple upside down cake, you know, for that sweet nectar. <laughs> uh, Jesus, taste my juice. Juicy, they call me the OJ of the bedroom. Because I kill it. Alright, that was not good. Pulp fiction. This whole podcast is just one big pulp fiction of a gulp. But yeah, welcome to episode 252. Of the Off and Me podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Yeah. Yee yee. Oh, Jesus. People always be texting me. The Census Bureau. Hold on. This is actually live. Sorry. I'll get back to the intro. The U. I just got a text message from the U.S. Census Bureau. It's like I pay my taxes. Like I'm fucking. All my records are out there. Here, here's. Watch my podcast. Subscribe. If I get a subscription for the U.S. Census Bureau, this podcast episode will be a success. That's that's the census you need to know. You have my number. Needs your help to understand challenges in your current economy. What the fuck am I gonna help you? With our economy. Huh? What? To confirm I'm alive? It's like so we could count another one against the GDP. You know? So we could see how much money we're taxing people to make sure everyone's getting fucked evenly. Like is that really what we're talking about? Like the show. Like Shoei Itani. There's these lawmakers that are like oh. Otani. These lawmakers in California. Ironically the people who are in charge of these tax laws. They're bitching that Shoei Itani structures contract to get tax to make his contract very beneficial to himself the way they have it set up for taxes um and the only people that have a problem with that is the government officials who want a piece of quote unquote 
Uh, the reports say they could potentially be missing out on $98 million in taxes. And it's like, you know what? It's funny how, like, when it's a baseball player getting big-ass money, get money these people will never truly see in their lives legitimately. All of a sudden, there's an issue with the tax system. But when they're secretly benefiting hundreds of thousands of dollars, getting votes they didn't really get, blah, 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 you know, benefit from it, it's not a problem. But they want to think they're doing something for us. No one out here in society is mad. Like, real people aren't sitting here up in arms protesting that Shohei Tani got a big-ass contract. Most people are actually happy because, actually, at least he does something that brings people joy. Something that makes people happy. And for people that gamble, makes a lot of people money. He's one of the easiest bets in fantasy baseball sports in betting. He is. I betted twice on him. And they were pretty absurd numbers. There was one game it was like... Get like seven total bases, and like I actually clicked the over, and he got over seven bases. And then this other pitcher needed three and a half fucking strikeouts, and he pitched seven innings and got two. So I don't fucking want to hear. At least this man is guaranteed dollar sign. He's actually underpaid, and you guys want to take his fucking money? What what are you gonna do with it? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. So, the biggest, you guys, California is the biggest economy in the world. Well, like, actually, yeah. It's like one of the top three biggest economies. Just LA, California. And you guys have the audacity to get mad over 98 million you could be getting from a a baseball player who's going to be playing something for the next 12 years. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. I think it's Samuel Osgood. Bastelag. Um <laughs> but yeah. So what the fuck do you need my I exist in your census bureau for? I paid my taxes. Did I? Eh, maybe that's why they're asking. Alright. You know what? Forget everything I said. Um <laughs> But yeah, welcome. The episode I'll do the intro again. Two fifty two of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe to the notification bell, most important ladies. And gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. Yeah. Uh, recording this at 12.27. Well, now it's 12.27. P.M. Eastern. On January 11th? Yeah, it's the 11th, right? It's a uh, welcome to 7-Eleven because, boy, it's always open. This little, This living room. I literally just pay rent just to do a podcast when you really think about it. You know what, honestly? Like, this whole, like, I used to think, like, paying for a studio and all this shit was stupid. And then now it's like, you know what, if I lived in that studio, it wouldn't actually be that bad of a deal. If that's just where I live. But, you know, I gotta have a job and shit. Uh, but I'm on that night job. <laughs> Alright. But yeah. Today's drink is Ghost Sour Watermelon. Yeah. I'm so far ahead right now. I'm actually too far ahead. This has happened like once or twice before. Inside baseball here. No pun intended. Where you actually record so many episodes ahead before you actually post them. 
afraid that you're not going to have enough time to do it and you're trying to get ahead. And now you're so far ahead, you're not really current with times and it's not very friendly to the conversations you have with yourself. Even though a conversation with me is always a good old jolly rancher of a time. It would be nice to be a rancher. Uh, I don't know why. I always found that term ranch. Like, on a, I have a ranch. All I think is just one big ass Hidden Valley Ranch bottle. Every time I say, my granddad has a ranch. And it's like, I don't know why. Like, that's why marketing and imagery is killing. Because all you think about when you think of ranch is actual ranch, you know. But, um, I know, sorry for the side tangent. Uh, unlike Jonathan Major's girlfriend or other girlfriend saying, Oh, I miss kissing you or whatever she said. I wish I was kissing you right now. And that's when the whole bitch lost her shit. <laughs> Give me your phone. It's like, what is, you know what, honestly, like, if you're the guy, like, at that point, her not seeing the phone isn't going to make a difference if she already knows. You know what? Just let him see it and deal with it. All right? It will, more than likely, I would assume, probably make your life easier. It will let the truth out there, admit your wrongdoing, and maybe you can actually move on. But the more you hide and try to run away, I mean, unless the bitch might actually, like, stab your ass, which... Honestly, in like 78% of cases, it's pretty likely. Um, <laughs> I had a girl throw a glass vase at me one time, so I get it. Uh, She's going to be upset if she keeps scrolling to the left. <laughs> oh, and she was. Um, <laughs> that's not funny, but you know what? But, you know, we got to, when women have outrage based off stuff we do, we got to accept that. You know what? We got to let them. Air it out. We got to let them, you know, do everything around us. Put their hands in our faces, you know. Tell us we ain't shit. You know, I stay with you through all of this. And uh, you'd be like, I know. But, you know, I stayed with me too. You don't understand. Um, <laughs> you ever try staying with yourself when the whole world is collapsing around you? Um, but... At that point, man, just, like, let her see the phone. So what if she exposes you about how much you're a cheater or a liar? Guess what? You got Megan good now. Things are good, all right? As I once said in one of my episodes, she got that wet-ass tongue. <laughs> that what? Um, <laughs> oh. But, you know, hey, she left her man-of-faith husband for you. So, obviously, she likes you. She don't care if she if you keep scrolling to the left. Um, stop scrolling the pages of the Bible and scroll my lips, baby. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's the thing when you're recording so many episodes ahead. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. As I'm recording episode two fifty two, I've only I like I'm. Haven't even posted 248 yet, which means I'm going to be like five episodes ahead. So what I might do is I might just post them five days in a row. It's a lot of work for the boy, but, you know, just get him out there. I like being caught up. I like somewhat posting in real time, but I like having no security to be all right. I think that's what we just all chase security. 
We all chase comfort and in a good way. Sometimes like we don't need to have too much discomfort all the time unnecessarily. I think that's kind of a misnomer we have is that the more discomfort we have, the more stronger it makes us is like or it just means we may lack a lot of foundational strength to build structure and to build comfort. There's a value between having a comfort place, but being able to put yourself through uncomfortable situations that you're in charge of. You know, it's like, so as I told you guys, I've been listening to this audio book, which is a pretty popular book, um, actually, very popular. Um, <laughs> apparently, he makes $1 per copy of sales. I don't know how that works with the audio book. I don't know if you actually have to listen to every fucking minute for it to count one. But he sold like 20 or 30 million copies. So the dude, he did pretty well off of it. The subtle art of not giving a fuck. And I'm not listening to it to actually build anything extra to my life. I'm actually more interested in actually like kind of listening to someone else that has a similar kind of way of thinking. And hearing a more introspective version of it. So there's one analogy where he made where there's a difference between... I think it was like chapter four. It was chapter four and chapter five where it's about um, some about struggle, right? And how to choose your struggle in a way. I could be wrong. You know what? Let me make sure I get this right. You know, I actually have my handy dandy phone with me today. Um, But essentially the genesis of it was... He gave a story where a guy comes up to you, puts a gun to your head and says, you need to run 26.2 miles, basically a marathon in under five hours. Compared to if you having that where you're forced to do it unprepared with a gun to your head, run it. I don't know if it's like running now or you're training for it, but it's not delightful because you didn't come to that on your own merit. And or. Some that you do on your own, self-achievement. Some you did on your own pace. Some that you seeked out to do and accomplish. The feeling of that, the anxiety compared to joy and mastery of your craft are two different things. Um, oh, so it's called the value of suffering. It was like near the end, suffering. One is... When you were being forced, you have a gun to your head. It's suffering. Because your body is going through the same challenges, right? Your body is going through the same challenges. As if you were to run that 26.2 mile marathon with five months of training. and But there's a free will of a choice. There's an empowerment behind it. Compared to being forced to do it. You're being forced to do something that's a suffering. That is, you're not in control of your suffering. You're not in control to get yourself out of that suffering. You're not in control of kind of channeling what is necessary. Because you know what? Your legs, your heart, your chest, your ankles, all of it's going to be in crazy amount of pain and stress. You're going to put through a crazy amount of stress just performing the action of doing a marathon. But that choice of doing it when, quote, unquote, you have mentally prepared yourself to train for it and physically prepared yourself compared to 
when you're being forced to do it on the spot, you're not prepared, you're kind of, life's being forced to make you do things at hand. And it's based off stress and anxiety in a way. The value of that is kind of um, choosing your suffering and being above it is kind of the big theme of all that. Kind of like when you listen to me. Um, <laughs> choose your suffering. You could choose to actually, you know, listen to your thoughts all day, be in self-depression, hate yourself. But instead, use that channel of anger towards me and hate me. You know, realize it could always be worse out here. There's someone out here with darker thoughts. There's someone out here to say what you aren't willing to say. And you know what? Use me as that vessel. Use me. Use, abuse me. Ride this dick like a bar. Um, <laughs> use me, baby. Um, use. Treat me like a used sex toy. You charge it. But it just doesn't vibrate the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, they'd be after a couple years, they just don't vibrate the same. You know, the speeds get jacked. I don't know. Look, I'm not a toy expert. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of the toys. I don't know why I said that out loud, but. I guess, uh, just let me be your boy toy. <laughs> uh, I'll throw you around like a rag doll. And lay down the hammer, as they say. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah. It's all jokes here. Until it ain't. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think the, I think the biggest thing out here is. Kind of internalize your struggle, internalize what your goals are, and really kind of be in charge of what you are willing to deal with. What is suffering? There comes a point where I I think sometimes this whole suffering thing, it's cool. And there's a value, like there's a big value to be able to put put yourself, (laughs) to put yourself through Whatever uncomfortable situation is necessary. You got to do what you got to do if you want to progress yourself. But I think people think sometimes the more unnecessary stress and suffering they deal with, the better or the more they're moving up or accomplishing out here. And, And a lot of times, from what I see, in my opinion... I think it is a distraction to, because we are creatures, we are very, even the slightest, like, even false sense of progression does a dopamine hit to people. I think it's something just like, people seeing things, uh, like, it's like when you're in a line at a place, let's say you're at Walmart. Regardless if actually when you're moving in line, you're actually progressing to actually get to a cashier faster. Or when you're at a line at a McDonald's or any fast food place or a coffee shop. Even if moving the line doesn't is not going to change anything because someone takes order, then they go make the order, come back. It's still going to be the same amount of time whether they take everyone's order and then start making it or do one at a time. Because you're going to be waiting 10 minutes till they get 
till you actually get your drink. The idea of just a line moving makes people feel better. And they actually have done like studies on this. The false feeling of progression, even when the end result doesn't result, it results in minimal progress. It's like just the fact that, you know, it's like when someone uh, goes to the gym. Just the fact that you did X, Y, and Z. Even if you know you did dog shit, shit. Even though, even if you know you didn't really put effort. Just the fact that you went and did something makes you feel like the next time you go, you're going to be stronger. Just because you're in the environment, you feel like you did something. There's something to that. There's a lot of value in that because you know what? Even if like you wake up on days and you just don't have it, whatever that means to someone, it happens. I don't care how well you're on top of everything. You're going to wake up some days and something's wrong with your body neurochemically, whatever the fuck the term is, and you just don't have it. It happens. And you could have done slept well, ate well, blah, 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 mentally prepared, scheduled your day. It happens. And, but... It's just about not setting yourself back for the next time. And um, it's like for me and my culture. Um, I set it back all the time. (laughs) People say I don't have culture, you know. Us white folks, we don't have culture. I don't know. I've never thought about it. You know, typically when we hear about culture in America, we're just, you know, it's typically talking about black culture or we're talking about religion and stuff. Because, you know, we don't have, like, the culture. But people say, oh, you don't have culture because, you know, you steal everything. And I'm like, I don't know. Do we? You know? Um, <laughs> it's like, culture is really just something that's passed down. You know? Hey, I'm, I'm way, I've talked about culture stuff way too much recently. And I've gained some local notoriety for it. So I'm going to shut the fuck up before things get escalated. Which I feel like they already know. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> I'm a culture vulture. Um, <laughs> not really. I don't think so. I don't have culture. So I have to be a vulture. Maybe that's the truth, you know. I can't just walk around and be a pig stick doing nothing, you know. But like, hey, oh. I can't tie my shoes because I'm still in knitting culture. Um, <laughs> you know, everything you could be stealing some. We're all just thieves out here. You know, not as big of thieves as anyone taking Cat Williams jokes. <laughs> and then, whoo. But yeah, thievery is at all time high. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think the main thing is... um. The beauty of suffering, it does make you stronger, in my opinion. Um, going through processes when you feel confident that it's not going to be this endless suffering, I think that's there's value in that. When you know like this quote-unquote suffering or this tough time, you are confident in your ability to get out of it, progress yourself out of it, not be a little bitch about it. Um, <laughs> let me resort to alcohol. Uh, sorry, I was 21. Um, <laughs> but even when you get yourself in a deep hole, 
you are you have shown the ability to get yourself out of stuff like that before. And I think that's kind of where suffering doesn't become this endless cycle. And I also think a lot of people get caught in this like endless life cycle. Like people are so obsessed with like death. People are so obsessed with um kind of how eternal a lot of things are i think that's where kind of spirituality comes in you know the underworld the above world it's where we call it the underworld but we don't use the reciprocal for the above world i don't know but they also say the underworld is actually where everything is stored even where good is stored and the above world is sometimes where there's a lot of fake masked angels something like that chris angel mind freak um mind freak um (laughs) so do magicians in order you know maybe you know here's a real theory i just thought of so like the chris angels the david blaines you know epstein island david blaine um (laughs) oh i think they brought him to epstein island be like make all these charges disappear and he's like hey i can go underwater in a bucket for nine hours, but I can't make these, I can't make these child charges go to, oh, well, if you can't make it disappear, now you got one, so make it disappear, um, (laughs) but, you know, um, it's, maybe, you know, people say, like, magic is fake, and look, they, obviously, there's a style to it, I think to do certain things, in order to be so slick and good with it, Maybe in order to possess these magicianal tricks that people consider like black magic or witchcraft or some type of outside human experience, be able to hypnotize and be able to affect someone like unclassifiably. But people say it's just hypnotism, but hypnotism in order to really get to someone to that level, you have to be like a crazy level of deceptive behavior narcissism which i guess is an out of world experience but to a level where you affect someone's well-being and whether they fall asleep like that or not or whatever maybe those magicians these famous magicians are really the ones that actually have like quote unquote sold their soul because in order to access And to affect people internally, the way that dreams can affect people, as I can attest to. Like, it is, that's more of a weird signal of some things, don't you think? These David Blaines, maybe the David Copperfields, the Chris Angel Mind Freak, which, like, a lot of them have been exposed of how to do their tricks. It's not real what they do. Like, fine. But it seems like no one else was able to figure out how to put a thin layer of glass in a pool or in the front 20 feet of an ocean. You know, there's something to it, right? There's something that they they are protected from what's under there, from under them more than us nobles, as they say. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know, I guess overall, my thoughts about everything is um, you got to suffer in order to 
it's more like you got to let the film buffer and suffer in order to get tougher. Yeah, that's actually not a bad quote. Not a bad quote. I just heard a big slam outside. God, these apartments are always doing construction for something. They'll do construction for everything, but what the fucking place actually needs. Hey, we actually repainted the slide in the playground. It's like, great. So what are we going to do with these trash disposals that never worked? They're like, yeah, we're working on that. But have you seen the new wood chips in the playground? It looks great. Oh, we repaved a couple parking spots. It's like, that's great. Half of the parking spots in this whole fucking place doesn't even get used. But we're going to repaint them. That's where the money should be going towards. All right. Fucking great. Prioritization. Now, that's the thing. Anytime you get, like, some new leasing office manager. And, you know, they seem like nice people. They, they actually mean well. They got that new... I'm in charge of energy. I'm going to change so we get more people attracted to waste their savings to live here for low quality living. And we're just going to do things that make things look cool. But it doesn't actually change the mold in your bathroom. Um, <laughs> this dusty ass place. Jesus Christ, you know. Only when you live with a woman do you actually care about dusty places. As a guy, you know that that's a you know that's also the beauty. Like you come across these memes where these girls will actually think they're shitting on a guy. Like a guy, it'll be a picture of a guy, or not even a guy, just be a picture of a guy's room, and it is just like a deflated air mattress, or it's just a mattress on the ground, like a a stand, a closet, and like some TV. And that's his whole room with barely any decorating, some clothes and shit. And they're like, guys live like this, but they talk about, and then want to talk about women and all. It's like, you know, it really, and then the response guy is like, you know, it really does bother someone that someone can literally need nothing and be just happy. And that does bother the shit out of women. I can speak from all my experiences, and I will say this, but no repercussions at all um (laughs) i will say this with all confidence is that you just being happy with little to nothing does bother people it does bother people because you know what people they assume that you have no standards i think that's the thing people think you have no standards it means you have no inhibition for your life it means you have no um It means you have no creative thoughts. It means you have no visionary ideas of what you want things to look like. And you know what? Those on the surface, if you want to expound to that deep of a level, sure. But the other argument could be made is if I'm not home for more than just the six to seven hours when I sleep and a couple hours maybe, if I'm not even home for half the day, on literally almost every day in my life. What is the point of investing so much money, time, and thought presses into a room that I'm barely ever going to be in when I'm too busy being outside making shit happen, you know? Um, <laughs> only, you know, the only people that care so much about how things look is when they're in that space enough to give a shit about how it looks. You spend time investing of what you care about, how something looks. 
based on how much time you are personally invested in there. For example, right? I know. Here we go talk about the gym, for example. But it's a good, if you are someone that just kind of goes to the gym whenever, and you just kind of go there for whatever, you know, let's just say walking on the treadmill or just basic stuff. You go there maybe once or twice a week, and it, you just kind of go there just to fill some time in your day. It's not something you're committed to, and that's more than fine. You're probably not going to care about spending a $60 a month membership on an expounded gym that has all this great equipment. You're probably not going to really go anything outside of the smallest, cheapest membership. But if you're someone that's committed to doing something, and it's something that's a regular part of your life, something that you've invested so much time, something that you're passionate about, you probably will pay the extra money. Whether it's 30, 40, even 50 bucks a month for standard whatever memberships. If it's a nice scenery, if it's a good environment, if it's clean equipment so I don't get chlamydia, which apparently is a real thing. Um, (laughs) I I saw that title. I don't know if that meant two people did stuff in a gym and that's where they just exchanged the chlamydia or someone sat on a chest fly machine and got chlamydia. Either way, you know. Chlamydia is everywhere. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of secret cases of it here in Georgia. Apparently. We have like one of the highest. Um, on. We have like the highest. As, like sexual diseases interchangement. Without people even knowing. Type of thing. And I think the country. Per capita. Because we are just irresponsible fucks here in Georgia. Um <laughs> Pass it on. I think they took the, uh, what is it, the honesty, those pass it on commercials. They took pass it on a little too serious. Um, just passing on like Tyrese Halliburton this season. Um, it's like, yeah, I'm going to get 18 assists tonight. Or anytime Jokic plays a shitty team, he's like, I don't give a fuck the score. I don't even need the score. I'm just passing the ball. I think he gets some magic to you. Well, the Magic aren't a bad team, but. Against teams that they don't take all that seriously, Yogi's like, all right, I'm just getting my sis up this game. I'll keep the score. I'll, I'll stick to scoring when we actually play, play a competitive team. You know, it's like if I, I can literally get four points to 18 assists and we blow your ass out. Pause. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, if you're someone that's invested um, in this stuff, you're going to invest time and money and thought into things that you actually care about. And I think that's all that magnifies. It's like, if you're someone that's home enough to care about what the home, how perfect it looks, that probably means you're at home a lot. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you're at home more than the other people. And you're, and you're going to spend time caring about the place that you're at more and then anywhere else, right? That's just the reality of it. And like, of course, like as guys, we're not going to give a fuck about how nicely lit our room is or if it's perfectly vacuumed all the time or it's like, because that's honestly not what you really care about. We're going to be honest about it. I mean, you care about it. You don't want to be with the nasty fuck. But you know what? If I always do this. 
if you had to choose one or the other and whether you would be okay with someone being or not, would you care if the guy had the most perfectly nice house, cool stuff, everything's perfectly clean and all this stuff, but he barely makes he barely makes rent, works odd jobs because he don't want a real job, doesn't really take care of himself in any capacity, but everything looks good. Because there's in between things looking good and someone being good. And sometimes you have the best of both worlds. <laughs> I'm going to shut the fuck up. I'm just busting some clits out there. Without the end. Get a clip. Alright. Um, <laughs> uh, I was not done a favor given that name growing up. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> but you know what? What doesn't kill you? Makes you stronger, because all that suffering of the name calling, I bet I've slapped more clits than them. Um, <laughs> smacking that ass. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. People that make fun of people's names are typically, people, typically guys that get no pussy growing up. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Shots. Pew, pew. Um, <laughs> catching strays out here, and now they're left astray, because... They're unemployed. Uh, don't worry. I'm joining soon. Not really. I don't know. Depending on how the merge works. All right, Clint. Um, <laughs> oh, merge these nuts in your mouth, baby. Uh, but yeah. That's the thing. There's people that want to present like they give a fuck about themselves. And there's people that are actually out there doing shit to give a fuck about themselves. Caring about their livelihood, you know. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm sorry. I didn't think about. Oh, I want to go to J.C. Penny Home Store to get some decor for this house. Yeah, sorry. I don't really want to spend two hours on a Saturday going to a fucking department store to get some decorations for my half-assed kitchen that literally I I barely even have time to cook it. To be next to these nasty ass dishes that I haven't been able to do. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't want to sit here and put nice little quotes on the wall with posters. Being like, if you wake up today, tomorrow will be a given win. You know, some bullshit like that. I'm sorry because you know what? I'm my self-motivation. I don't need a fucking quote on the wall. I don't need some extra decor to make think like, oh, I'm really doing some shit here. Because guess what? It don't. It, it doesn't change anything I enjoy doing in a day. It doesn't change what I feel about myself. It doesn't change anything. You know? Just give me some de- dehumidifiers for this dusty ass environment. And we are good. Um, <laughs> but it really does bother women. And I think because it's like it almost comes off that us guys, we don't care. When reality... We only care about what people want from us in our experiences. And let's be honest, 99.999% of guys, we're not going to focus on caring about all that stuff. And really, at the end of the day, if we just make enough money, you you could just get, we'll just give you some of the money and you take care of the house. Because you know what? Honestly, 99% of girls would rather that. And it's not about the money. It's the fact that I'm not going to spend extra time when as guys, really anyone, we have less and less time to think about that shit. 
Because you know what? All this stuff is all nice. Except if the light bill doesn't get paid, you won't be able to see any of these decor because it'll be dark in this bitch. Um, <laughs> and the food's going to go bad. So you know what? When we, as guys, when we've been reduced to such a what money, like this dollar sign, this money that we bring in, when that's literally all we've been reduced to. So that's why guys' standards are low for this shit. Because honestly, if I just make enough money, all this other shit in reality doesn't matter all that much. Because the money will take care of that if I make enough money. That's really all it's about. That's what we understand. That's what we are taught. That's what we see. That's what we experience. So that's what we go by. We all just creatures of our experience. So it's not about men and women. It's really not that. It's like at a certain point, once girls realize from a guy what we don't care about, they typically stop. Worrying about that stuff. Once you get to a point, it's like... Because there's this thing about... That's the beauty of evolution. Of learning men and women. It's... I think they call... I don't know if it's called womanese. But it's basically... Understanding women as you get older. And as girls... Understanding men. How you get older. That's why I tell you... When you see older couples, they're just like... They're fine. They don't have all the extraness. Like, they've been through all that shit, and they come to a point where it's like, this is what matters to me. I don't care about anything else. Just be a decent person. Don't slap me in the face. And ask for my consent. Is it, It's not really that hard, you know? Um, <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to generalize in such a way, but honestly, in today's society, if you just fit some basic-ass boxes, girls are like, oh my god, you're a prince. Uh, <laughs> you're the man I've been waiting for. Oh, just just wait and see um <laughs> um but you got to all these things they're really just simple stuff simplicity is more impressive nowadays than complexity cuz complexity it feels like someone's doing a facade for you they're trying to disguise something they're trying to sell you something and i think Genuine people like myself, we don't want to be sold something. I like I hate my few experiences when I'm and I went through the experience when I got my car, like actually got a car for real at these dealership places. The second you walk in, you look at one or two cars. Some guy comes from, hey, how can we help you? And it's like, I'm okay, just looking around. Instead of like, all right, you know, just so you know, we have this here, this here. They'll start, so like, you know, what do you, like, they'll start asking you the hard, how much you make, you know, what's your credit? It's like, goddamn, can I just fucking look at some card? And like, actually, you know what, come inside so we can do, and the next thing you know, you get a fucking credit score check that dings it up because they checked your credit, like, oh, and then they try to give you some bullshit, oh, uh, so yeah, we can start 600, 700 bucks a month. Like why the, for this little Ford Fusion gay ass shit? No, I'm not driving around this for 700 bucks a month. Fuck you. And I hate trying to be sold something like the pressure of unnecessarily selling me something. What's the point of having these 200 cars in this parking lot? If you're going to just fucking tell, show me this one or two things and tell me all the other ones, oh, you wouldn't qualify. How the fuck do you know if I wouldn't qualify? I see the prices. 
And guess what? If I pay the monthly payment, I qualify, bitch. All right? Um, that's a, you know, I understand they're doing their job. But when you feel like you're being sold something, that's when it's a turnoff. Complexity is an allusion to... Damn, I had a good quote for that. I just thought of and forgot. Complexity is a good solution for competence for lack of competency there we go um selling something is about not telling the whole truth but giving a precedent or giving a pretense that there's enough there but i'm leaving some stuff out that's where the selling comes in and that's why they say first impressions matter first impressions can really Chain can really dictate how a person views you from that point on. It doesn't mean you can't convince them over time that you're the stud muffin you are. But if they catch you on a day where you came from the gym, didn't put the most deodorant on, in a hurry, it's like, ugh. You know, they might think, oh, this guy has a weird smell, you know? But that's not how you smell every day, you know? But that's someone's impression of you. And that first impression does matter. If someone's first impression of, your space, that's your home sacred place, is this mattress on the floor and some bullshit on some barely anything on the wall. There's a little TV on the ground. You got a kid. They can ignore the fact that you got a kitchen full of food, that you know how to cook, that you take care of your shit. You have three side hustles. You're making 15K a month. You just don't care to share that. They, they don't care about that. But people care about. If I am seen here, what are people going to be seeing with me? Because I guess as women, there is a pressure to not, you know, be seen with anything that wouldn't be approved by your peers. That's why approval by your parents still matters, regardless of your culture or religion. You don't want your parents not to like your spouse or your partner or the person you're with. Ideally, you would want their approval. Ideally. Right? Because if you care about your parents' opinion and they're like, this guy's a fucking bum. You're you're in this hard like, do I ignore everything I have learned and felt with this person for the past six months and be like, hey, my parents think you're a piece of shit and I can't be seen with you. I will lose respect for my family. In reality, when you're choosing a spouse, it's more than just your feelings with that person. I think that's uncomfortable. It's more than just your love for each other. You really got to think about. Is this someone. That truly understands me. Which is deeper than Understanding is a lot different than love. Love still has an exchange of. A necessary reciprocal. Understanding is when someone actually. Knows who you are. And they. Adapt to that. Because they care about you. And understanding, love is not enough to justify having a child with, for example. Love is not enough to justify marrying. Uh, Love is not enough to override what your parents think of your partner. At the end of the day, you got to make that decision. And actually, your parents may respect you more if you make a full decision to just be with the person that you trust and you trust your judgment. Now, if it don't work out, <laughs> they're going to let you know about it. Don't worry about it. 
but they may respect you because you know what they you know i was like you know what i was wrong about this guy or girl even though most time they're right um 90 of the time they're exactly right when they say someone's a piece of shit they're an absolute piece of shit um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm not talking about me. I've always been a, I've always been the family favorite to any girl I was with. I've always been the go see drizzle. Um, I get along with the kids. It seems like everyone likes me more than the girl I'm with. For being honest, <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. It's actually a skill. It's like, man, you know, your mom likes me. All your cousins. You, kids they all love me your cats your cats and dogs like me better than you like and then you're over here like you know i just don't feel we connect it's like really because your whole family connects with me it seems like you're jealous because i connect with them more than you do i don't know just saying um (laughs) oh jesus claim i'm partially joking i don't think that's the reason but you know Whatever we got to do, the booster ego, right? But, you know, um, yeah, I forgot exactly the whole point I was talking about. I guess the moral of all that is, is, uh, you know, just trust what you're doing. I felt like I've said it last time. Just trust what you're doing. But don't let the illusion of what you think a woman wants from you or what anyone wants from you thinking that's actually what someone wants. What someone wants from you, they're actually not going to really tell you a lot of time. Because that's a part of understanding someone. Because there's a lot of things. We we are complex creatures. Uh, like me, for example. I can't tell a woman. Like We got to say the right things. We got to say we want someone that's kind-hearted, loving. Someone who will care for me. Someone who understands me. You know, all that gay stuff. But, um, <laughs> sometimes... You want, you can't say you want your woman to just freaking saddle on that dick. You know, you can't say that because that doesn't sound right. That's for the side piece. Um, <laughs> no, you can't because there's a certain, and the girl can't just come out and like really say because then they're going to come off as a slut or whore. Like, you know, sometimes I just want a man to fucking just, you know, grab my throat from behind, pull my hair and just pow, you know. Just keep going and come inside of me already, boy. Um, <laughs> they can't say that, you know? Because they come off as a whore. I don't know why I said it like that. But, you know, there are just things. There's these unspoken things that you have to get by human experience. By your experience. Understanding when someone's saying something, but they're really saying something else. And I know that sounds bad. Please ask for consent. That's not what I'm talking about here. Because I feel like that's going to be alluded to something. What I mean is nonverbal body language. Nonverbal communication. It will tell you twice as much as what people say. It really does. You got to sense people. And you got to let them touch you first. That's the biggest thing. Let her touch you first. Let her touch them balls. And let her know I got a lot of kids to fill you up inside with. Um... (laughs) Uh, Jesus, I'm just here to spread my wealth that I don't have yet. Um, <laughs> trying to be baby mama number three or seven, Nick Cannon style. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, 
Yeah. <sighs> oh, God. Sorry. Battery's about died. I got a loogie. I got shit to go. I got shit to be. But, yeah. That was, and more of all that is, is uh, choose your suffering. And don't try to appease people. Trust what you do. And don't let other people sway what you should do more. Don't buy decor that you don't give a fuck about. Yeah. That was episode 252 of the Offbeat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. I feel like I'm doing one of those lawyer advertisement commercials. Um, but yeah, have a great day. And I got to pee. Louie, suffering in these pants. <laughs>